of the series and we're going to go on all the way up to Christmas, Carol's, is to, um, is to kind of reclaim Carol's. Um, I was talking to some friends the other day who don't go to church and they love Carol's and we're sort of talking about the, the, the great irony that often people that go to church don't like Carol's as much as people that, sorry, people that do go to church don't like Carol's as much as people that don't. I think it's because maybe we've got a little bit too close to them, um, or, or that we just pay attention to the words too much. Um, so the, the, whole, the point of this series is, uh, our goal is that we get to our Christmas Eve service, and that we're able to sing some carols with Pastor, um, fall in love again uh, with, with some of these carols, and we're going to do that in a variety of different ways. And um, so, you know how in a, in a musical or a ballet or opera, they have an overture at the beginning where they have little bits from all the pieces? But morning music is a little bit like an overture, so we're going gonna to do three songs together. <laughs> a backing band warming up in the back there. Um, we're going to do three songs. Um, it's like the, the bride thing, something borrowed, something blue, and something else. The other thing? Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. That's a very bad analogy. Um, so we're going to have a have a, an old carol-y, hymn-y thing that I like, and they're gonna, we're going to have one that I don't like, but that I'm, I'm trying to like again, and then we're going to have one that I wrote the other day. Um, and I like it, yeah, which is lucky because I'm playing it to you. Uh, you may not, but that's okay. Just keep your opinion to yourself. Um, so I'm going to get Warwick, the sound whisperer, to um, move aside. So guess which one this is. I'll give you a hint. I didn't write it. I don't like this one. Yeah, don't. Um, mainly because... Find all the heretical parts of it to be a little bit frustrating. So, um, but he doesn't cry. Uh, so, is he a real baby or just masquerading as a baby? And also, fit us for heaven. You know, so, the notion of heaven and all these little kids getting ready for heaven. So, it's a. It's a yeah, I, I've always struggled with it. It was written in the um, late 19th century in the United States, and most of the carols I don't like were written in the late 19th century in the United States because they're extremely sentimentalized views of of Christmas and of Jesus, and um, that kind of background quality I really struggle with being a bit of a um, grump. So. So I'm trying to love this one again. It's a terrible way to set it up for us to sing it together, isn't it? That we're going to have a crack. Um, I also discovered that there, are, I was reading on Wikipedia, there are like about 20 different ways, 20 different melodies. Um, so we're going to sing the one that uh, you probably know. Um,
Stars in the bright sky look down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are lowing, the gold they me await. But little Lord Jesus, no crying. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky and stay by my side until morning. You? How'd that feel? Okay? Yeah. It's okay for Louise. Is this, how do you feel about this one? You're allowed to like it. Feels like a kid's song. Yeah. Like it, don't you? Cute, yes, cute is the word. A kid's song. Yeah, sit down. You can. You're allowed to sit down while we're talking. Um, I'm not. On on my way to to church, I always listen to PBS because they have um, gospel on PBS on Sunday mornings. And I I find that um, I can listen to kind of African-American people singing any kind of words, and it doesn't bother me. And I was wondering why that, why that is. Even the most kind of theology that I think, oh, that is just unbearable, but it doesn't bother me so much. And I, I wonder whether part of it is, oh, it's obviously part of it is white guilt, but the other part of it, the other part of it, I think, is that it's to do with context. If you're singing out of a place of, of oppression, and you're even able, able to sing, that's an amazing thing. Um, and to sing words of hope is an even more amazing thing. Whereas middle-class white American pastors in the late 19th century, if I'm imagining them singing this song and creating this song for their own um, comfortable kids that have never known a day of want in their life, and it just seems like terrible violence. Um, but if I think of it as community that knows violence and that knows risk, that knows what life is really like, singing um, this song. It's kind of bearable and different. So I think that's what it's the American version. What I would advise you not to do is not to look up the Glee version of this song. But they... Uh, they sing Stay by my grave. 
cradle till morning's time. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care. And take us to heaven to live Partly a ver- uh, version of our life and partly a version of doing your own thing. I wrote the, I didn't like, I liked two of the verses, the first one and that one, but I didn't like any of the others in the original version, so I wrote that one. To link with our last series, the Sabbath Ruha verse, um, pretty much stands. And it, I thought it was a good, good, um, at the style of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We're going to sing this one together. I hope you know it. If you don't, you know, you, you will by the second verse. So let's stand up again. Sorry, I'm returning to my Anglican roots, making you stand up and sit down all the time. And I'm pretty sure this key will work.
I'm very old. Sit down. I'm going to sing you a song now. So this song is based on this passage, uh, based on these words. And um, one thing that I've encouraged all our musos to do is to try to write songs that, that speak about Christmas, but just in, a, in their own voice. My songwriting voice is always very melancholy, and so I need to engage with words of hope and joy in a kind of melancholy way, and it's, um, yeah, this is what happens. Please don't be afraid. Um, good, good news is, um, I don't have that much to say this morning because, um, yeah, I know it's wonderful, wonderful, isn't it? Um, but I'm just going to kind of, uh, yeah, just track a little bit of where we're going to be going over this series. So we just finished another marathon, um, called, um, Daily Bread or Mitzrayim Manuha, and we're starting like, um, a, a series with an expiry date, just to make you all comfortable. So this ends at Christmas. Um, but we are starting it really early. It f- this feels a little bit like putting Christmas trees up. Like, does anyone put Christmas trees up before December? That crime? Good. I'm going to find you out. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, it feels like we're starting Christmas really early, but at least we'll be, at least we'll be prepared. Um, but we've got a long tradition um, of, the, as in, we the church um, of singing uh, singing at Christmas carol uh, singing at Christmas time and um, some of us really love who loves Christmas carols Christmas carol lovers that's really nice and who doesn't like Christmas carols Grinches good um, <laughs> Graham's on Graham's on music so we're going to make him in fact I think I'm next month I'm going to roster him on every week <laughs> just to punish him. Um, I, I love Christmas carols, um, and, and mostly because I'm a non-singer. So I, I can't sing. Um, I've had to do a lot more singing since um, repeatedly, settling a, repeatedly settling a baby over the last nine months. I've had to do a lot more singing. But I'm a non-singer, and carols are really good for non-singers to sing because you can hide in a Christmas carol, and you can also... Um, singing in an accent or a funny voice is a much easier way of singing 
And so this tradition started for me because I used to go to church uh, at, near Christmas with my Nana and Pop. And um, Nana and Pop were both in the choir. And when they weren't in the choir, they were either side of me. So I had like stereosonic grandparents, which was just wonderful. And, um, and, and Nana was like the high singer. So she was like, oh, great, like that. And then Pop was like the low singer. So, and so like between them was just wonderful. And I found like you could just kind of like switch registers because I can't sing in the middle, but I can like, you know, pretend to sing really high, and it's hilarious to me. And I can pretend, well, seven-year-old me, I've matured a lot since then. Um, and I can pretend to sing really low, and then that tradition just stuck. And so I found myself at lots of carol services as I got older, surrounded by other ironic carol singers, um, singing low and high as well. And it's really, really fun. Um, but as I've discussed Somewhere in the process of all our carol singing, the, the Advent story has become a little blurred. Um, if you were to do word association with what Advent was all about, you're just as likely to get manger, cattle, peaceful, and drummer boy as you will danger, mad king, refugees, and incarnation. Somewhere, somehow, this up here... Um, ...has become... The, 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 image, the image of Advent, which is cute. But the story, the story's not that cute. Um, the story is dangerous and subversive and challenging and perplexing and all kinds of other things. But in the text, Cute, other than its association with babies, cute doesn't really come into it. And so a lot of this comes down to what we sing. Um, and carols across the spectrum have it all, varying degrees of musical and theological qualities. Does anyone have a favorite, favorite carol that they like, just really, really like? This is our chance to, yes? Oh, Holy Night. Yeah, also my favorite carol. Um, very, very murky Unitarian um, background to that one. It's been written quite a few times. Um, we'll talk about that later in the series, but I l- love that, Carol. Jackie? Little, little Drummer Boy is on your good list. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that in that tone. You like Little Drummer Boy? Yeah, cool. Anyone else? Mary, Mary's Boy Child. I don't even know if I know that one. It's an African one. Oh, could be on the could be on the on the hit list next week. Cat, welcome back. Also, a many of all of Mariah Carey's Christmas album. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> is that all the words anyone knows of it? Yeah, that it's. It's a real soundscape. Jenny? Really? I hope that keeps happening. Has anyone seen that meme where, like, it's Christmas time, Michael Bubay emerges from his cave? Like, he's just, like, kind of wandering out with, like, a little... Um, anyway. Australian carols. I don't know. If, is it anything like skip-hop? If it's, of, if it's of that quality, I'm not sure I'm interested. 
<laughs> Sorry, skip hop pants. Um, I thought New Zealand rap was bad, and then I, <laughs> then I heard Australian. <laughs> yeah, very white. Um, anyway, so carols are a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> some trite, some divine, others theologically horrible. Um, or the good, the bad, and the impotent, as we've um, going to categorize, as we're going to categorize them. Um, the good, some of them are truly awe-inspiring and majestic. Um, some of them already encapsulate the radical move of incarnation. Um, and not just that. And, and, and I reckon carols in musical form as like aesthetically as pieces of beauty um, of all Christian music have probably survived the best. Um, there are some truly stunning um, pieces of songwriting in there. Um, the bad, um, anti-incarnational, <laughs> babies that don't cry and are barely human, inaccurate, triumphalistic, and escapist. Um, we'll deal with some of that later on in the series. And then the impotent. Um, <laughs> sorry, little drummer boy fans. <laughs> so this is one of my major beefs with Carol, and that is, that's a cow pun. Um, <laughs> I have a friend who came to faith later on in life, later on in life being 18. Um, but I remember being at a carol service with her, and she was a person who had a zenny sense of humor. Um, and I remember looking over at her at one point, and like, she was just like, tears are rolling down her face during the little drummer boy, and she's bent over, and she's just shaking. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, the ox, the hooves, the hooves. Keeping time, the hooves, and somehow this image of like an ox, just in its stall, like like stamping out time for everyone, just captured her imagination, and she could never move beyond that. Um, I wouldn't say she was mature; she's just funny. Lowing cattle, stamping hooves, pristine white newborns, conveniently positioned shepherds. Um, this sense of carols as this kind of impotent force that kind of makes the whole story saccharine and just and and nice nice but not impacting so our challenge is we know that singing carols is easy but engaging them seriously let alone letting them transform us hoping for an encounter with the divine that's a lot harder um as we are well aware in our community irony is easy um and it's safe but moving beyond that is profitable, but really, really difficult. Difficult. Um, so the question we want to ask during the series is, why are we still singing carols? Like beyond, beyond just habit and beyond them being fun to sing, is there something more in carols? Should we be, still be singing them? Can they be as meaningful as they are fun? And the story, the, um, the question we try and ask kind of with every series is, where's the good news in this? W- what about this is good news for our neighborhood? What about this is good news for our world? What, what about this is good news for our communities, for our workplaces? Um, is there something in this that we can, as Rod said, sing with gusto? Singing with gusto, ironically, is really easy. But I think as a culture, singing anything really passionately is risky and difficult. So where we'd like to get is to a point where we can sing Rejoice. And actually wholeheartedly really mean it 
and really engage with it and actually have something connected to it that we are rejoicing about. And for some of you already, you're like, that's not going to happen. And some of you are like, I already do that. So good for you. Um, Another jewel in your crown. Um, Our community is constantly reforming, trying to jettison parts of our spirituality that have been harmful and unhelpful, while at the same time trying to dig deeper into that which is life-giving and transformative. For many of our community, faith doesn't come easily, but nor does it leave us alone. And so what we want to try and do is see if there's something in this narrative um, that can actually transform us, that can be more than just nice, but that can actually shape the way that we live. I am of the firm opinion that our world desperately needs stories that change something. Um, I was reading in the last few weeks this um, book by this guy, Greek Orthodox theologian called David Bentley Hart. And he was just talking about this, this whole idea that, um, in, a, in a, a couple of places recently, that, um, you know, that these things that we think are really obvious, um, that are inherited in our culture, aren't necessarily and haven't always been. Um, the American Constitution, um, we hold these truths to be self self-evident that all men were created equal. It's such a common sense saying, but for most of history, the idea of the equality of humanity was a totally preposterous and laughable and dangerous idea. And these ideas are ideas that come to us through powerful and transformative stories that come to us through our history. And I think we need to invest in them and hold on to them. Um, not let go of these treasures that come to us from the past. The nativity has been held dear in our tradition for a couple of thousand years. And I think the worst thing we can do is just sit by and let it um, become sentimentalized and rob it of its power. We too easily forget that the story is rooted in danger, bloodthirsty emperors, hidden children, temporary exile, mystical powers, the birth of a man who would be executed as a political revolutionary. These things sit in the Advent narrative. But the question for us is 2,000 years on, does it have any bearing on our our lives? Is there something in the story that's worth singing about, that's worth holding on to, that's worth celebrating, that's even worth opening our lives to, that it might transform us? So our project is to dig up what the story might be telling us. Um, and we're going to do this through exploring the best and worst of carols, reach them for meaning and find what our community can sing about. Hopefully, um, those of you who write within our community will find some kind of inspiration as we um, dig into the story that, um, that there'll be songs that come out of our community that we can sing as well. Um, yeah. So one of the projects that we're going to do is we're going to try and sing all kinds of different carols with gusto and then reflect on what that process was like. Our community has this habit of theologically scanning things before they sing it, which I think is an excellent habit um, to actually work out whether you can can actually sing something with integrity before you do. And I think that's really important. That's something we've trained ourselves to do, um, which is why a lot of us don't sing a lot of the time. But what we're going to try and do is sing deliberately bad things and then work out, what jars us about them, but also work out where in the same songs there might be beauty and truth as well. So that's going to be, um, so just come 
braced and prepared um, for, because for some weeks you're going to be singing some terrible things. Um, or sometimes just some really lovely things. Um, but hopefully somewhere you'll be singing some transformative things as well. So that's going to be kind of our excavation and digging process over the next little while. So um, if you uh, have um, input into the series, if you have ideas, if you have things that um, you want to talk about or um, if you have song carols that you particularly love for, for re- particular reasons, feel free to submit them to us as well and we'll try and incorporate that in. Um, yeah, and we'll have lots of chance for you guys giving feedback about what um, is happening for you in this process. But come Christmas Eve, hopefully there'll be something that we can sing with gusto. Rod? Yes. Mm. Yeah, cool. Josh? <laughs> Excellent. So if we can help Josh, that would be wonderful. Jenny? Oh, what those people said? Uh, yes, good. Very, very, for, as a person who podcasts all the time, International Women of Mystery. Um, so the two comments were, Roger said, also not just songs, but also poetry. Um, and articles and things like that, feel free to um, um, engage with them and then pass them on to us as well or just shout things out during services, which is always welcome. Um, and then Josh um, Glover is on music next week and may need some help. Um, I think Rod might be able to give him some direction because we're going to do a little bit of going to do a little bit of Mary next week. Yeah, something about Mary. Um, but, oh, so, oh, this is the other, your other task is to, is to read Read the story, read the Advent story in all the different versions um, and engage with it and see what speaks to you in it. Um, And then let that become a part of this as well because I think there is something in the story worth singing about. So I'm not going to tell you what until later. Um, Yeah, that's that bit. So we're going to have communion now, and I'm going to read something not from the Advent story, but from John, the gospel, without the Advent story, um, but which I think speaks into the Advent story. So I'm not going to rob us of any future material, but instead shed light from a different angle. Um, so I'm going to read from John 1, John 1, verse 9 to 14. The one who is true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory. Glory of the Father's one and only Son.